0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit Podcast. Your fantasy football and sports betting home over at FakePigskin.com. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. You follow me on Twitter at notorious KRO. With me once again, it's Brian Twining. What's up, Brian?
1: What's going on, Kyle? How'd you enjoy that Super Bowl this Sunday, man? What a what a uh, like roller coaster of emotions that was.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how to feel about it, to be honest. I I like uh, all my family is Niners fans, so I definitely had a rooting interest. Um, but I don't know that it was that great of a game. Like I feel like there was a lot of underwhelming plays, and like Mahomes didn't really play that well. Had two really awful picks. Jimmy G was all right. There was some interesting calls. I think got kind of on both ends. Um, I don't know if there was like one play that really stands out to me, or like. <laughs> you know anything like super specific that i'm going to take away from the super bowl i mean other than the halftime show obviously but uh (laughs) as a as a non-biased um you know person just watching the game uh you know how how did you how did you enjoy the super bowl like was it like do you think it's a game you're going to remember you know in 10 years 15 years
1: uh, I mean, I've, I'll definitely remember that the Chiefs finally got their Super Bowl. But, yeah. it, you know, I it's kind of funny. Like, everyone talks about last year's game about how bad it was. But I kind of see last year's Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams as one of those games where it was just two really good defenses going toe for toe. And whereas this year, it was just kind of like, who was playing better at the time in which they were able to score? Because like you said, it was – both teams weren't really playing their best. Mahomes looked like his worst of the season in some of those throws. And then the 49ers kind of disappeared late in the fourth quarter. Like, that vaunted front forward wasn't getting to Mahomes. Yeah. And so it wasn't really that well of a played game. But, I mean, it was it was good.
0: Yeah, well, I think, at the, you know, your point about last year, like, I think it's all based upon reception and what everybody thought coming in. Everyone thinks it's going to be a high-scoring shootout, and it doesn't deliver on that. Then people are underwhelmed, even though it may have been a better played game than a game where every expect two really good defenses, and then nothing really happens, and then oh okay, you know it kind of lived up to expectations and it, it was entertaining. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I feel like like even like the Panthers and Patriots Super Bowl, where it was boring for like a half, and then the second half it just exploded. I feel like that's even like the way that ended is more memorable than, than this one will be 15, 20 years from now. But, um, you know, I, it, it it was still fun. It was definitely a huge gut punch to anyone backing or rooting for the Niners. I know we had talked about in the group chat, like some of the odds you could get on the chiefs when they were down, um, and the Niners had the ball, but ended up being the right side to be on. and, And it's kind of funny, uh, You know, Patrick Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks that, um, even when it seems like there's no shot, um, you know, he was able to be down 24 to nothing against the Houston Texans and win anybody who backed the chiefs in the first half, let alone the whole game. So, um. That shows you how special he can be. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty insane. And you know, Brian, that's actually going to lead us to a good jumping off point because today we are fo we are turning our attention to 2020. And we're going to talk quarterbacks because there's a. Um... You know, this the season's over, but that just means the new season's starting. Obviously, a lot will happen between now and when the season actually kicks off, between trades, between free agency, between the NFL draft. But uh, we want to start kind of getting the ball rolling, start getting our, our thoughts down on, on kind of what next year's drafts could look like. And we'll start at quarterback, and we'll start at the top. And um, and this will all get posted to fakepigskin.com. Um in the next in the coming weeks but um looks like we're pretty simpatico it's going to be patrick mahomes qb1 lamar jackson qb2 um do you feel like those like are are pretty interchangeable pretty close for you or do you still feel like mahomes is kind of that guy and then um you know we we talk about number two from there and in lamar
1: I think they're basically just going to be based on like individual preference come the 2020 draft season. Cause I mean, you know, you're going to be getting more yeah. rushing attempts and more rushing yards with Lamar Jackson, but yeah. is he going to be able to sustain that kind of success on the ground while also throwing for 30 plus touchdowns? Whereas with Mahomes if he, as long as he's healthy for 16 games, you know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, You're probably going to see another close to 40 touchdown season. You're going to see him throw for over 400 or 500 yards. You saw him showcase his wheels late in the season and really in the playoffs here. So, you know, he could also be that running threat. So, like, I really think it's going to be based on, like, preference and also scoring format. If you're in a league that's four-point for a passing touchdown, and I think you'd probably have to lean more towards Lamar because he's going to get the – higher end of the rushing but if you're in a six-point passing touchdown league I'm probably going to go more towards Mahomes because I see him returning to the the form of his 50 touchdown season than what we saw this past year
0: yeah and I think that's really what you have to bank on right like obviously if you look at even Mahomes on a points per game basis he played 14 games he would have been QB six, which I mean, is still solid, but when we're arguing the number one quarterback overall, like obviously, and we, you know, we kind of sound like broken records when we say this, but I don't think we'll, we'll own either of these quarterbacks just because that's not no. how we draft, but um, you know, still to want to talk about the elite guys. And I, I think if you're debating the two of them and which one, you know, assuming you, those are your only options um, you know, it's hard. Like, I wanted to look at kind of quarterback rushing in general and and, and a lot of what Lamar did 1200 yards rushing. Like that's not something that I think will be super sustainable going forward. And obviously that doesn't mean I think he's going to have 200 next year, but like I was looking at some of the all-time great rushing seasons. So like cam Newton had, I took basically any quarterback over 700 rushing yards. So cam had three seasons of 700 rushing yards he backed up his 2011 season with seven, where he had 706 with 741. So obviously, you know, you can do back to back, but then he followed that, um, or he followed that up with 585. So, you know, still really solid in terms of rushing yards. Um, and, and there's not to say that, that Lamar can't, you know, maybe he goes down on, on rushing and, and ups his passing, but. Um, you know, a lot of what made him so valuable is his is his ability to do both. Uh, Vic backed up a 700 yard season with uh, 255, but he only played five games that year. Um, you know, Robert Griffin,
1: and that's yeah. the risk you run with guys good. like that. Sorry, is if Lamar Jackson is carrying it mm-hmm. the, is carrying the ball as much as he did. I mean, you see, he ran the ball 176 times. No matter how careful he is. He's going to be taking shots that put him at risk of injury more so than a quarterback that's sliding and not trying yeah, to break well, off. And they those also big have runs. to
0: figure out kind of what the Ravens long-term plan is at offense. Cause if they think, you know, Ben based upon the way Lamar season went, and obviously winning the NFL MVP, he's going to be a big center centerpiece for their offense. So I think, you know, having a reasonable ex- expectation of the running Coming back a little bit. I mean, even look at like what Russell Wilson did, where when he was on that rookie deal, they were like, "Oh, yeah, you can run, run all you want." In 2014, he had 850 yards. The next season, he had 553. So, you know, the teams go, "Oh, well, we need to protect our quarterback a little bit more." Um, You know, so coming down from 1,200 yards and, and seven touchdowns, I mean, maybe the touchdowns stay pretty similar, five, six. I think that's fine, especially the way he plays. Um, but you definitely have to bring those rushing yards under 1,000 yards, probably closer to, what, like seven, 800 if, if you're projecting for next season.
1: Yeah, if even lower than that, just because I don't see them crushing teams the same way that they did this season. Because, t- I mean, this is the NFL here. You see this all the time where you have this surprise year with guys with this innovative offense. I mean, we saw it with the Rams this year. And the next season, defenses have... Come up with some plan, like game plan against that style of offense, which limited that success from the previous year. And I'm not trying to say that people are going to be able to stop the Ravens rushing attack, but I do think we are going to see teams able to kind of limit it at a a higher success rate in 2020.
0: Yeah, well, and they're also going to have to play better teams, right? Because you match up with teams that are in the similar, like the teams that win their division tend to play teams that win their division. And so we'll see, you know, it's hard to, hard to predict because that defensive variance, changes so much over year to year, but, um, and they'll need Hollywood Brown to stay healthy. They'll need Miles Boykin to become something they'll need, you know, potentially more Mark Andrews or, or more passing volume, um, to kind of supplant that, which I think is definitely in the cards. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look, say, say you look at his, his total yards is 4,400, 4,300, um, he needs to be around 4,500 in terms of rushing and receiving and, you know, have that, you know, he had 36 plus the seven rushing. Um, so, you know, 43 touchdowns is a big, solid number. He If he can get in the 40 ballpark again, he's going to obviously be incredibly valuable. And I think that's why we both have him at number two. But if we're kind of projecting forward, um, that's where I, I think, I think those are the clear number two. And then I think once you start talking about number three, I think number three through, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10. Like, I feel f- like those are all kind of in the same tier. Some guys have a little more upside. Some guys have a little less downside, but, um, and, and let's talk about our number three quarterbacks. Cause, um, The guy that you you ended up choosing, uh, ultimately, is Kyler Murray. I went to Sean Watson. um, And, you know, Murray was one that was interesting for me because in terms of upside, in terms of where I – I mean, because I had him fluctuate. I had him at three at one point. Uh, I moved him up and down. I I have him at number five currently. And, obviously, this is why it's good to start kind of thinking about this stuff now so that way when the season comes, you're really comfortable and you've already kind of gone through – contingency plans but I mean even based upon a points per game uh, on last season Kyler Murray was only QB 12 which for a rookie was solid um especially uh, you know learning the offense and kind of taking the next next step reading incredible defenses um but you know he would have to he would have to kind of take some strides. He would have to be, you know, over 4,000 yards. He would have to, um, you know, take those 20 touchdowns and, you know, get up to 25, maybe even 30 to to kind of vault into that top three, top four conversation.
1: And that's, and those are expectations that I totally see him reaching this year. I mean, it's it's going to be his second year in the system with Cliff Kingsbury. Let's not forget that, they're going to have Andy Isabella, who wasn't really utilizing the offense this year, who's probably going to see a bigger bigger role. They're going to get Hakeem Butler back, who was a, a key draft pick for them, who was a good wide receiver in college, who they didn't even really get to see play all season. They got Larry Fitzgerald coming back. I think they're going to do some work on that offensive line to give him some more protection, which was a lot of their issues um, in, in a lot of these games was that, Murray was under such pressure that he was forced to get rid of the ball before that offense, like the way it was designed. So I think we're going to see a much more efficient Cardinals offense as well as them able to – one of the things what that made me put him at number three is the fact that they reached the red zone at like one of the highest rates in the NFL, but they were one of the worst, if not the worst team at uh successfully – Getting touchdowns in those situations as their field goal kicker was like the top field goal kicker this year in fantasy because they just couldn't convert inside the red zone. And I think they're going to get some of those into TDs this year, which is going to translate into a much better season on the fantasy wise for Murray.
0: Yeah and I you know obviously we'll have to talk running backs we'll have to talk receivers Kenyon Drake I think is going to be an interesting conversation as the offseason rolls along no. I've seen some people have him in their top 12 have had some people you know, not really know what to do with him uh, because David Johnson's there, but David Johnson's rapidly approaching thirty, and you know we'll see. You you know you rattled off all those wide receivers. You even mentioned Christian Kirk, who is their best receiver and one that I think is ready to take another huge leap. Obviously flashed at points this season, um, so there's obviously a lot to like with Murray. They'd finish a few more drives. Um, you know, f- facing San Francisco twice here is not ideal, but uh, I still think even if you know the Niners get up big he's going to have to throw he's going to have to be productive and um, you know I could definitely find myself putting Murray in that top three conversation um when draft time rolls around And I'm going to be really curious to kind of see how these these kind of uh how ADP shakes out because he's one guy that I could see going really high like being in that kind of oh this is the next Lamar let's overdraft him yep. but I could also see him falling a little bit and people having questions about what he is and who he can be at the next level and um, looking at quote unquote more safety with guys like Deshaun Watson, who, you know, was really solid this year was actually QB five uh, in points per game. And considering um, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a monster season, especially in terms of touchdowns, um, to have Hopkins you know that high I think it says a lot about him obviously seven rushing touchdowns helps a lot um, even if the yards weren't there Um, but yeah you have you have Watson at what QB four so you know we're right there yeah um, in terms of those two were really
1: difficult for me is where to go with but I'm I'm just going with the guy I mean we've seen what sorry we've seen what Watson can kind of do Mm -hmm. and you know I don't really know like how much more we're going to get out of that offense with Bill O'Brien there. I mean, we just see that they're just kind of a stagnant, like we know what we're getting. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the Cardinals, there's just so much more to be had with just converting some more of those drives. So, you know, I'm looking like, I just think Murray offers a little bit more upside than, than Watson.
0: Yeah, and obviously everybody, you know, if, if Kenny Stills and Will Fuller can be healthy then, but, like, that's <laughs> that's a question I feel like we're going to ask for the rest of Will Fuller's career and um, even <laughs> exactly. to a lesser degree. So we'll see about that. But, yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. Like, to me, him and um, Dak Prescott, who I think is going to be a really interesting case, obviously you have a QB6. Uh, we'll talk about your QB5 here in a minute. Because I think that's a a bold call, but I don't think it's a crazy one. But um, you know, Deshaun and Dak Prescott, two Texas quarterbacks. I'm really curious about Dak, and I you know I think this will continue into our running back conversation because. I feel like either you're thinking Dak's back at a, at a big number. Maybe they keep in, you know, and you know, a lot of this could change, right? Amari Cooper could leave. They could not let Dak go somewhere else. They, you know, we have to figure out what we think of Michael Gallup, who, you know, I think is a really good player. All of a sudden he, if he's your one instead of your two, are you, are you as excited about Dak? Um, But he's, he's a guy that I think could, you know, you know, adjust a lot depending on how you feel. And then what does Mike McCarthy do, right? Is Zeke going to be a feature back that gets all, you know, the majority of the work or is this an offense that's kind of been shifting slowly. And now that Kellen Moore is going to be, you know, another year running the show um, be, uh, you know, even more passing and then maybe he's a guy that, you know, belongs locked into that top five, top four conversation.
1: Yeah, the the Dak Prescott uh, dilemma was was really big for me, because I don't, it's difficult to kind of project the kind of offense that they're going to have, and like, I don't think they're going to be as pass heavy, like I do, we had talked about this previously, that I do think they're going to utilize more of like both those backs with Pollard and Zeke, so we're going to see them kind of commit to the run a little bit more, get back to closer to like 50-50 play calling, but with them being able to run the ball so well, it just offers up so much more big plays from that offense. And they seem to have liked throwing the ball down the field. And they also were like one of the tops in the league and in, in mm-hmm. dropped passes. So if those guys can just get their freaking, put some uh, stick them on their gloves, like you're looking at an extra few hundred yards, close to 500 yards probably for Dak this past year. And then some people are probably talking about him as in the top, top four top three not in the five six range where where both of us are kind of looking at him in that like middle yeah. tier and i mean you know? looking
0: at his numbers like normally he, like he his first three seasons was six rushing touchdowns went way down to three but this year it's up to almost 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns which is an incredible season and one i think that it, probably didn't get enough attention as the season rolled along just because of all the dysfunction there with Jason Garrett and what they were gonna do and the you know, fact they didn't make the playoffs with that with Dak having that kind of season. So yeah, if he rolls back to a forty five hundred yard, twenty two to twenty six touchdown kind of guy, uh, you'll need that rushing production to have him kind of be in that top five ish conversation or if, you know, maybe this is the new normal and 47 to 5,000 yards is is something you should expect from Dak Prescott. And if that's the case, that maybe that contract of 30 ish million, 35 ish million uh, dollars might be warranted. Um, Let's talk about your QB five. A guy that I think a lot of drafters definitely forgot about because he got injured. um, And that's Matthew Stafford. And I think, you know, if you look at his production based upon, uh, points per game he was QB3 this is an offense that has you know a lot of interesting pieces obviously uh, you know at wide receiver with Marvin Jones with Kenny Galladay uh, another year for uh, TJ Hawkinson to get healthy and to kind of be involved uh, a healthy carry on Johnson like a lot could go right and this team could be really interesting um, and you know if the defense is kind of underwhelming and they have to throw a lot to keep pace and um you know it will be really interesting to kind of see what to expect of Matthew Stafford but I mean he played eight games this year and had twenty twenty four ninety nine in terms of yards and nineteen touchdowns so basically five thousand yards and almost forty touchdowns uh it's pretty pretty special. If you like double that up, and and even if you give him say ten picks, like that's that's a guy who's incredibly valuable. That I think, well, you know, uh, talking about guys we we'll yep. want to target, kind of as the draft rolls around. I think Matthew Stafford could be one of our favorite targets heading into drafts next year.
1: Yeah, and so like the, just like leading this off, so like these are my rankings of what I think they're probably going to finish at, not necessarily what they're pre-draft like what I would be giving to my friends when I'm looking to draft these guys, just because like Stafford just has all the tools and the way that offense is ran. Like he's consistently one of the tops in the league in yards per attempt, yards per completion. Um, they take multiple deep shots a game. So like you're always getting these big plays. Kenny Galladay, I think led the league in, like big, big play receptions in during the year. So he's got a guy now who's like mini Megatron. They're going to have carry on Johnson back. That offensive line is improving. Uh, the defense is still crappy, so that's always a good a good thing for backs in fantasy. So, I mean, and like you said, like when you take his numbers and you double them up, you're looking at a top three, top four guy for the 2019 season. And you know he's coming into the next year with everybody looking at him, but he he seems to always be one of the forgotten dudes because he's left sour taste in multiple people's mouths before.
0: He's he didn't make he didn't make my top twelve, but I have a feeling I'm going to need to change that. So yeah, Brian. Looking at our uh, our our kind of back end of of our ranks and kind of figuring out as we head into next year, um, was there a name that like you know was really tough for you to rank? Like I, for me, uh, obviously Jameis Winston. Right? Do we do we think he's going to get another thirty touchdowns and five thousand yards? Probably not. But does that mean he's more efficient and not throwing thirty picks? That's also in play. So uh who was who was kind of one of those guys for you that that was really tough um to kind of figure out whether they where they fit or if they even belonged?
1: Uh for me, I think the most difficult guy was probably Drew Brees. And I was kind of teetering with him, Daniel Jones, uh towards the back end there at number twelve, because like with with the Saints, like we see we see them trying to work Taysom Hill more into that offense. We've already seen Drew Brees come out and say that he's willing to give up snaps to Taysom Hill. Over the last couple of years, we've seen them kind of go more towards that rushing attack. Uh, Drew Brees is, I mean, he's no spring chicken, so it, like the offense is still going to be as efficient as ever under Sean Payton, and they have a plethora of weapons. Mike Thomas is still there. Like, I have Kamara, you know, as one of my higher end running backs, as we'll talk about later, but um. Like he, he was probably the most difficult guy, just kind of the unsure like amount of playing time and how much are they going to lean on his arm in 2020?
0: Yeah. Cause like even this year where he was, you know, not a full-time go, he still, ha- he still was QB seven in terms of fantasy points per game. Obviously he missed a chunk uh, during the season, but Still played, uh, really well when he was in there. Obviously, having Michael Thomas, having Kamara, having Jared Cook, um, you know, Trey Quan finally came along on the end. Um, you know, there there is some questions. There's, you know, it was kind of interesting to see uh, Russell Wilson basically like, no, Drew, you start the you start the Pro Bowl, even though as stupid as the Pro Bowl can be. Yeah. Um, that 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 is interesting. He's definitely getting up there in age, like. It, he's in a predicament just because the Saints are a team that can win the Super Bowl so do you how long do you want to hang on but also like do you are you ready to kind of hang it up and and be done and you know they they have some interesting decisions to make with Taysom Hill with Teddy Bridgewater who's a free agent so yeah Breeze was what Breeze and Aaron Rodgers both for me were were guys that kind of um i i felt like i had to rank but um you know, as this off season rolls along, maybe they become guys that I don't necessarily need to rank. Um, I think it is funny that we both had Daniel Jones as our number 12 guy. He's got upside for sure. Um, And, you know, if that offense kind of comes together, he was QB 11 this year in the 13 games he played. Um, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think both those, those names, was there anybody that you didn't rank that you're, that you think could be in this conversation as the off season rolls along?
1: I mean, if Cam Newton comes back healthy and all the tests come back positive for him, yep. I, it, it, we saw the, the wide receivers, DJ Moore kind of show out this year. Like he, he's kind of blossoming into that, into that number one guy that they've missed. And Steve Smith, uh, Curtis Samuel He's a he, although he didn't really he didn't really put up the numbers but he's a dynamic weapon there they still have christian McCaffrey who's probably gonna you know he's gonna help out the quarterbacks numbers with just those little dump off throws uh so cam newton's like one of the most intriguing guys that he's a guy that coming into this last season the 2019 that we had talked about and he was an avoid for me who i kind of thought would fall off but going into 2020 if he's healthy he's somebody that i think you could sneak as being the last person to take a quarterback who could surprise some people and sneak back into that top 10 range.
0: Yeah. I think he's very much up in the air, obviously not only in Carolina, but he could be the starter in Chicago or with the chargers or, you know, there's, there's a handful of teams that, that are in need of a quarterbacks uh, this year. So I think he's definitely an interesting name. I think whoever becomes the starter in Carolina, Um, is interesting. Like you mentioned, they have all those weapons. Plus they have Joe Brady coming in. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is another guy, um, who was a top 10 guy this year based on fantasy points per game was amazing with the Titans down the stretch. Um, you know, do the if the Titans bring him back. I think he's a guy that I that I think could be really interesting. Um, depending, depending on what they do with Derrick Henry, I think he could go elsewhere and become a starter and and become interesting. Um. You know, what do the Steelers do? Big Ben, uh, if he comes back and all of a sudden he's a starter again and Juju is healthy and, um, you know, they have some pieces in Deontay Johnson and uh, James Washington, I think could be interesting. So, yeah, I think I think that for me, like Mahomes, Jackson, Watson, Prescott, Marie, and Russell Wilson are basically locks, probably Josh Allen and Matt Ryan, too. Um, but those last four, I think, could fluctuate wildly between now and and July or August. Yeah, I mean, it,
1: it, those those that back end of those starters are just going to be constantly changing, dependent on what teams do in the draft, what they're doing in free agency. Um, so it, it, I mean, it's so early to tell right now. But the top end guys are kind of set; like we know what we're who's going to be those top flight quarterbacks for next season.
0: Definitely. And uh, like we've kind of mentioned, we will be doing each and every position. So we'll do we're quarterback today. We'll have running backs next week, the receivers after that, and then tight ends. And uh, we'll kind of check back in every couple months. Maybe in April, we'll come back and uh, kind of see if anything dramatic has happened um, at any of the positions. And, and we'll also hit you with a combined overall. And like I mentioned, uh, these um, ranks will also hit com in the coming weeks, obviously. Uh, with the season just ending, we're, we're not sprinting to, to get this up, but we want to do, uh, get it to the, get it up on the website so you guys can kind of look at it and we'll update there. So you can kind of follow along as we pod, but, uh, you know, March madness is coming. The masters is coming. And then, uh, you know, April, May is, is kind of when we'll really start getting the fantasy content, uh, cranking again for 2020, but, um, yeah, so uh, Brian and I will be here each and every week. Make sure you're checking back. Make sure uh, that if there's something you want us to hit on, want us to talk about, FPAOP on Twitter at NotoriousKRO at GreasyRules14. Uh, hit us up. Let us know. We're down to down to find ways to to kind of weave that content in. Uh, if you know somebody who enjoys the show, tell them uh, to check us out. If they if you think our content would would appeal to them, uh, rate review uh subscribe all that good stuff um it really does do a lot doesn't take very much time for you guys but it it really does do a lot for us so it, if you're able and uh willing that would uh go really really far for us but for brian twining i'm kyle robert and uh we'll talk to you guys next time peace yeah!